Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I'm excited you are here today. Uh, with me today is Dr. Yael. And Dr. Yael is a former psychiatrist and educator. And now she is a dating and relationship coach. And she grew up as an adoptee in an alcoholic, alcoholic environment. And she's here today to let you know that you can have a better future, no matter what happened to you in the past. Welcome, Yael. Thank you so much for being here today. Would you Thank like you to so introduce much. yourself? Hi. Yes, I would love to introduce myself. Thank you so much for having me, Evie. And I want to thank your listeners for tuning in. I appreciate the time and opportunity to share my story, and I hope it inspires somebody. Um, yes, I would love to introduce myself. So I am an adoptee. I was adopted at birth and grew up in a really dysfunctional, alcoholic and violent environment. And despite all of that, I was able to achieve a lot of success. I became a physician and was a psychiatrist, left that behind for a variety of reasons that we can jump into later. Ultimately, I have found my calling as a dating and relationship coach. I help primarily women mm -hmm. find their ways into healthy, lasting, loving relationships. And it is just a true delight and pleasure. Wow. Wow. This is a, a, a truly like very interesting story, especially because psychiatry and your doctor job you've been pursuing is so far away from relationships, right? And from a, a relationship coach and Would you like to go a little bit more into that, like how you transitioned being like a doctor, psychiatrist to a dating and relationship coach? I would love to. So it's been quite a journey. It has been several decades in the making. I, I went into psychiatry. I, it, I fell into psychiatry. I didn't, it wasn't an ambition that I had for a long time. My mom really put a lot of pressure on me to become a physician. And mm -hmm. when I was in medical school, it turned out that I was just really good at psychiatry. People tended to trust me. They would open up and share their stories. But it was never a great fit for a variety of reasons. And one of them is that it was really a lot about medicating people. And I really didn't want to just medicate people. I wanted to help mm -hmm. underlying problems and underlying conditions. Mm -hmm. And the other is that there was a lot of what I would call deficit thinking. So what's wrong with people? That's that's really, if you're in the insurance business, if you're getting insurance money to cover a treatment, you have to decide what's wrong with somebody. And that's your mm -hmm. focus. And, and it isn't so much what's right about somebody and how they can use that strength. It's about treating some a problem. So that was the second thing that didn't fit. Thirdly, I found myself in a place where I knew a lot about what it took to keep neurochemistry in a good place, in a happy place and support people. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching that all day. So I, I tried to be a life coach. That was my first exit strategy for medicine. And I was in the process of building a life coaching practice to transition out of psychiatry in 2007. And my former spouse in the middle of a custody battle just went after me professionally and destroyed my entire career. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. To gain yeah. advantage in a custody battle. And I have released a statement about that. It's on my Facebook page. If anybody's curious, 
Um, I don't really like to talk about the story a whole lot because I have a belief that hard hearts tell mm-hmm. old stories. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I'm really focused on the new story. But after that happened, I pursued a career in education. I taught at the college level. I shared my expertise in psychology. I taught college success courses quite mm-hmm. a bit and also um, behavior change and health change as well as neuropsychology. So I taught a lot in that area. So you stay and, in the in the topic of of uh, medicine and uh, psychology, even yeah, I stay yeah, and like change and growth. So the the wonderful thing about college success programs is I worked quite a bit with first generation college students. So students whose parents did not get an education, maybe students who grew up in poverty, students who grew up in maybe violent and alcoholic families, like mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. So I had an opportunity to serve as a mentor for people as they were making changes in their lives. And I got really very well-skilled at helping people through a change process at writing a curriculum that could bring someone from knowing nothing to being pretty and well-versed in that topic. And I, after my divorce, you know, given that my ex-husband ruined my life, I didn't really think I wanted to get married ever again. I swore off marriage Mm -hmm. and I was really bitter for a long time. It was Mm -hmm. understandable. But in 2019, I watched an amazing little show called Schitt's Creek, which is available for streaming right now. They're no longer, it's not longer an active production. I watched this show and I watched David and Patrick fall in love. And it was the episode where they had their first really big argument. And if you have ever seen this episode, they both argue from a place of love and vulnerability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the argument I want to have. That's how I want to fight with somebody. That's the relationship I want. And I had this vision and I knew I didn't have the skills to get it. Mm-hmm. I knew that I couldn't get there. I had to hire a coach. I had to hire a dating coach and I had to do a little inner work around dating. When I hired her, I realized that all she did was the standard coaching package, but applied to dating. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, that's why didn't I have the skills? Why didn't I use them? And in fact, I have more skills. I have more I could add to this. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a year year or two after that, my husband and I, my current husband and I were in a conversation. He asked me, what do you want to do? Like, what would you do if money were no object? I said, I would be like a life coach, but like a spiritual coach. And I would help people find love. I would do you know, what my dating coach did, but I would do it my way. And he said to me, if you know what you want to do with your life, why aren't you doing it? Wow, that's so supportive. It's incredibly supportive. And yeah, before we continue, I think I would love to um, place that link in the show notes. You're just speaking about, about this one episode to just showcase this argument, because I think I truly can imagine how it went. But for the uh, for every listener, so maybe let's remind each other later to put that there, because I find it very interesting. Oh, it's it's beautiful. I would be happy to share that. It's such a beautiful show. And the argument is touching. Mm-hmm. And now, who everybody who's listening and maybe have had arguments in their lives, right? And you would say like, oh my God, what are you guys talking about? And how can I even cheer for you? And you'd say like, this argument was so touching. But 
I um I think I'm right now in the first relationship in my life where I actually understand the fact that I need to argue where in my previous life it was like no we need to prevent that in any case we're gonna do everything but not argue right we're gonna do sugar coating we're gonna avoid each other we're gonna not speak to each other we're gonna do everything just to not be loud and not to speak about the problem like this was my this is how I learned it from my upbringing right it was everything like nicely sugar coated and my mom was keeping quiet my dad was whatever he did right so and that's why I appreciate how you met, how you just came up with the thing like this argument I want to have that it's Amazing, Yael. Thank you. So your husband was supportive and said, okay, if you want to do that, you do that. What happened? Then? Yeah. He's more than supportive. He's he's um, he's like really behind me saying, you know, and this is really why I wanted to become a dating coach. So I'm going to tell mm -hmm. you a story. We were a few months into falling in love and we were both more in love than we have ever experienced in our lives. And mm -hmm. he shared with me his dating experience. Mm -hmm. He told me how lonely he had been looking for someone like me. And it blew my mind because when you're a woman, nobody tells you someone's out there looking for you. For you. Mm -hmm. you get told you'll be lucky if you get told you better find someone before your expiration date. You get told you better stay thin. You better stay attractive Mm -hmm. Be smart, but not too smart. Be sexy, but not too sexy. You, as a woman, get told all of this nonsense, and you are never told that who you are is exactly what someone else needs. Oh, yeah. And when I recognized that he had been lonely looking for me, my heart broke for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I wish I had gotten my act together sooner. So I could have found him and not, he wouldn't be in pain. And so I want to let other women know someone's looking for you and they can't find you if you're sugarcoating, if you're avoiding, they can't find you if you're pretending to be who you're not, mm -hmm. be who you are so they can see you mm -hmm. and being visible. And I, I know, you know, this because you are a mindset coach. We all have a hard time being visible. It feels vulnerable, but it really takes courage and strength. And so I, I help all of my clients develop that courage and strength in relationships, just like you do in, in their business. We have to have that ability. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I love this comparison because often I can, I say this more often that you can apply this to business and life, right? So yeah. people think on one hand, in business, you need to be visible. We are, most of us are running online nowadays, right? So visibility online is a thing that is scary at the beginning. It's discomfort. It's something you need to learn to deal with and you need to learn to enjoy it, right? And mm -hmm. I think in life, it's just the same because I, I'm i coming from far away. Uh, I had bulimia. So I was in living in a world, I was between having to pretend right? Mm -hmm. And the other one was anxiety. So I was working hard. I was like, you know, uh, balancing one and the other. And that was 
not such a thing in my life that I was authentic. I lost my first business because of that. Although I thinking back, I don't know how I pushed through five to six years, but I did it. Our bodies are really capable of a lot, but it was not something uh, really enjoyable like I have it now, right? It was complete opposite. But um, I was authentic and I got myself literally into relationships. I met people who were putting all the time a mirror in front of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did not understand that. I did not understand that. And I only understood because also the healing of bulimia is not over the moment you exit mm-hmm. the um, therapist's office for the last time, but it took many years after. And the moment I became myself, that I became visible with all my vulnerability, the person I am with my not not thin legs and my crooked toes and not trying to cover them up anymore. I mm. found the love of my life. And it just came into my life like, here I am, right? Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and the thing is the job that's meant for you, mm-hmm. the friends that are meant for you, the life that is meant for you can't happen for right. you if you're pretending to be somebody you're not. If you're so living far, for right? others. Yeah, yeah it just goes so into depth. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like it's everywhere. Self-limiting mm-hmm. beliefs don't limit you in one area. They limit you everywhere. Yeah. So I'm here to support you in saying that to your clients, that what you tell them is not just for business, it's for everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it's it's really deep, yeah, how much, uh, like, actually, you are the creator of your relationship, isn't it? Like, we create our relationship. It's not who comes into our life, but it's actually the opposite who are we calling into our life, isn't it? Yes. Who are you calling in? Mm-hmm. How are you keeping them in? Mm-hmm. And when are you willing to let them go when they are not aligned with what you want to create in your life? Mm-hmm. And this can change too. Right? These things can change. You can change. You can change who you call in. You can change who you keep in. Mm-hmm. You can get very clear on what you want to create with your life. And only continue that relationship and that connection with people who are aligned with you. Mm-hmm. And that goes for your your relationship with your professional life. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. your relationship romantically. It's relation, relationships with family, with friends, with your community, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question today that just comes up my uh, comes up. Um... I have the feeling that especially if we change or our partner changes, our friend changes, uh, family member changes, right? Whatever they go through, no matter what, that we have, I think the most difficult thing is that that letting go part, that we are not able of letting go. And I have the feeling that this comes from a big pressure of society that it, that friendships don't fall apart that we are not getting divorced, that mm-hmm. you don't argue with your family member because this means it's a, a broke family, right? Yeah. Um, uh, is, that, is this something you experience as well, that we have difficulties letting go at the right moment and we keep on pushing for way too yeah. long till everything breaks into pieces? Yes. And so that is definitely one significant problem that people have. Mm-hmm. You know, energy moves in cycles just like the seasons, just like life, right? Mm -hmm. There's a period where things are beginning, a Mm -hmm. period where they're growing, 
a period of time where you maintain them and then they look, then the energy goes away from that situation. And that's life. At some point we all, we all die that, and Mm -hmm. relationships and jobs and friendships can run their course and it's okay to bless and release Mm -hmm. a relationship. And it doesn't mean there's anything bad with that. And when you talk about avoiding conflict, what you're avoiding when you avoid conflict is you're avoiding contact. Because when we have connection, we have mm-hmm. friction. Mm-hmm. That is that is how you know you're making contact. And so the goal isn't to avoid conflict. The goal is to meet it with grace and integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Appreciation on eye level. Appreciation, compassion, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Authenticity. Mm-hmm. standing in your value, truth, and strength. And so it doesn't mean you have a no-holds-barred, ugly argument where you say terrible things to each other. Yeah. It's a different way of of greeting and meeting the, the conflict between you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so excited to share the Schitt's Creek argument, yeah. Yeah. because that's what they did. They stood vulnerably in their in the truth of their love for one another and how much that moment was painful for each of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just being so quiet because I'm processing this myself at the moment. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying <laughs> to say, saying Yael, and therefore becoming a little bit slow. I think it's very powerful what you say. And this reminds me of a moment of a argument. It was a long time ago we had in the beginning of our relationship. And it was a phase that was like, you know, that mom, this moment where you establish with each other, you adapt to each other. There, there's just two lives crashing together, right? And it will be the time for that. And I said once, because it's like, yeah, but we argue so much. And I was like, very loud. And I got very, you know, like, uh, like, yeah, I was like, no, let me argue. Because as long as we argue, that means that we want each other. That means that we are in for this, that we want to settle this in one way or the other. And, <laughs> and then I started laughing. I said it in so much anger. <laughs> that was so loud. And then I started laughing. I was like, yeah, come hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not arguing against each other. We're arguing for the relationship. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was very excited because earlier you spoke um, that you would like to share um, your or speak about your five key to finding lasting and ro- loving relationship. Yeah, I love to share this information because I didn't grow up in a family that could teach me this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to I know that you talk a lot about not letting the past dictate your future. And I would love to just share As an adoptee, another way of saying I'm adopted is saying I lost my mother at birth. Mm -hmm. The only world I had known, the voice I came into being, hearing, Mm -hmm. the heartbeat I heard. I they have research that demonstrates that newborn infants know their mother's scent. Mm -hmm. They prefer their own mother's breast milk to other mothers. We know our moms the minute we're born, and I never experienced her again. Mm-hmm. And I was adopted into a family that did not have the capacity to repair the attachment injury. 
Mm-hmm. My, yeah. my adoptive parents were both alcoholics. They divorced shortly after I was born. My mom, I had two alcoholic violent stepfathers. My home was super unstable with people being drunk, loud arguments. And I grew up thinking sort of what you thought, which is I have to avoid the argument. I have to people please, because mm-hmm. otherwise someone could get hurt. Mm-hmm. And My first marriage, I spent a lot of time trying to appease, trying to accommodate, trying to make it better. And it it was a terrible disaster. I let that go in a lot of ways. I definitely, we got a divorce. I walked away, but part of my heart was always hooked into this, that if that didn't work, I couldn't count on love. I couldn't trust love. I was Mm -hmm. unlovable. It would just prove that I was a terrible person. And over time, I did a lot of healing work and growth work. And I'm saying all this in case anyone out there can relate to this, because maybe you can. And I work with women who definitely can. What I learned is you have to develop presence. Mm -hmm. That's the first of my five keys. And presence means that you're very aware of what's happening in the here and now moment. You know what's happening within you. Mm -hmm. You know what's happening around you. And you know what's happening between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And I never was present. And that's why I didn't see the truth about my ex-husband until the very end. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I couldn't trust him. It was that I couldn't trust myself. I was not present. I was ignoring things all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. The second thing is you have to develop the ability to be self-led. To mm-hmm. lead from that core of yourself where you're calm, compassionate, and confident and courageous where you're standing in your power in the core of who you are in the core of every single one of us is this beautiful radiant soul that has all of this strength of compassion, calm, clarity, confidence, and courage. And when you're led from that place, you have the ability to speak your truth and let things go. If it's, if it's not aligned with you or if you're not aligned with someone else Mm -hmm. and it's, powerful. The third key is to get profoundly clear on who you are and what you're about, what you're trying to create. Because whether you're doing um, a business plan or you want to have a new relationship, you have a life purpose that goes way beyond these small parts of us Mm -hmm. and is a big picture, 50,000 foot view of a whole life, a whole heart, a whole human being. And you have to get super clear on that. Because if you're not clear on what you're about, you will get led into a thousand different things that are wrong for you and led astray and you'll get compromised Mm -hmm. without knowing it. Mm -hmm. Fourth, you have to have proven strategies. It's great to be clear. It's great to know who you are, but you have to know if you're on, if you're on a mission, if you're in a, if you're on a journey, where's your journey headed and how will you get there? And how close are you to that endpoint? Just like you talk about with your business clients, you need a plan or you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's wishful thinking. Yeah. And the fifth thing, just like in business, just like in anything else big, you have to find a mentor. And some of the great, most beautiful things we're trying to com- we're trying to create in the world right now have never been created. Online businesses, flourishing, thriving online businesses, we didn't even have online 35 years ago, 40 years ago, we didn't even have that. So you need to find mentors who can teach you, who have done what you're trying to do, who can show you the way, show you a path forward. 
be with you on that journey, troubleshoot, and help you find processes and pathways that work for you and Mm -hmm. support you because these are all new things we're doing. We're at this amazing cutting edge of humanity Mm -hmm. and we don't have, it's not in a book yet. We need a mentor to guide us. So Mm -hmm. those are my five keys. Develop presence, be self-led, get profoundly clear on who you are and what you're about, use proven strategies in new ways, and Mm -hmm. get a mentor. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would say if you now, you summarize that very well now, quickly, this is not a thing we manage within a week. Right. We are speaking of, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, people, you know, sometimes you get that, right. If you get this, a article somewhere, like five keys to apply now. Right. Yeah. But this truly shows me that being human and having a relationship with a human being, that there is so much more to it than just do one, two, three. And if three doesn't work, try five, but you're going to be fine. There is a lot more to it. And most of us have to unlearn some things that we learned when we were younger. We have been brainwashed by culture to think particular ways about relationships. And we Mm -hmm. have to be able to overcome those burdens that are placed Mm -hmm. on us by our culture Mm -hmm. and develop the courage to be who we really are inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not fast. So I have a 12 week intensive program mm-hmm. uh, where I lead people through these five keys and help them develop presence, self-leadership and clarity, teach them the proven strategies in 12 weeks. You can learn all that, but implementing it and mastering it even takes mm-hmm. longer than 12 weeks. You're not going to transform from somebody who couldn't have an argument to somebody who's really skilled at it in a week. It takes practice. It doesn't happen. It takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get out there and argue a bit and implement (laughs) what you just learned. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm wondering, are you teaching that to a single person, single, uh, like women as a one person course, or do they attend together as a couple? So I teach the 12 week intensive to single women. Mm -hmm. And if I work with a couple, I work with them privately. And Mm -hmm. we go through these same steps. It's just a little bit trickier with a couple. So that's why we do it privately. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Just out of curiosity. So it's it's trickier for a couple of reasons. And one is that they're already partnered. And sometimes they're in partnerships that on some level they feel are not aligned with their mission in life, are not aligned Mm -hmm. with who they are. Mm -hmm. And getting to a place where they can be really authentically themselves without fear about the relationship is very challenging. And it's more challenging for some people than others. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to be authentically who you are and reintroduce yourself to your partner. Mm -hmm. While your partner being in the same room. With your partner being in the same room or at least in the same process. So in some Mm -hmm. cases, people cannot do that work in the same room. So Mm -hmm. we have to split up and, and, um, they each do that process separately and then we recon- we reconvene and they they make an offer pitch to each other hey this is what i'm looking for hey i'm looking for that do we have an agreement can we come to terms on this mm-hmm. and usually they can mm-hmm. usually they can but it's very scary to feel like you're risking yeah this relationship but you have to be willing to risk it in order to have it have it yeah that's again in relationship, in business, in life, right? You have to 
be ready to risk it in order to have it. I think, yeah, I'll, I will remember this sentence forever. Thank you for that. I, it's truly inspiring. And to, to get to my last question is, what do people misunderstand the most about you? What people misunderstand the most about me, um, wow, there are so many things people misunderstand about me. I think one of the things people misunderstand about me is that I'm very committed to creating a world from a place of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. Showing up with kindness is a choice I make. It's not automatic and it requires strength. Mm -hmm. So you're not a kind person running around. It, it is a choice. It's a choice. And I, I, yes, it's a choice because I believe that this will create a better outcome and a better world. Mm -hmm. And it, people mistake my kindness for softness or timidity. I'm mm -hmm. a very strong person. I'm the strong person who can go through everything I've been through and remain kind. Kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing this. I think it's a very, very vulnerable moment when people share their uh, stories where they are misunderstood and I'm asking this to everybody and every story is different and I appreciate this a lot thank you so much Yael you already mentioned you are having a 12-week program that you are offering where can people find you where can people get in touch with you People can get in touch with me at BehiraCoaching.com. And I would imagine you would have a link in the show mm -hmm. notes. Yes. Um, you can also email me directly at Yael at BehiraCoaching.com. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Facebook. That's another place. I also have a mindful dating women's group on Facebook so they can join there and learn more about me. So there are many ways to reach out to me. Yeah, lovely. I will collect it all from you, put it in the show notes so people have access to it. And with they said, Yael, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this conversation, the insights you gave, and let's keep in touch. Most definitely, let's keep in touch. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky parts of reel and video editing and adds value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edit.